Hey guys, this is John and Austin. This is another episode of the Meat Justics podcast presented by Waltons. We've got a bunch of good things to try here today. One of them I am super excited about. Um, Actually, they're both very excited. Um, Let's jump in to the one that I'm more excited about, though. This is my dry cured pepperoni sticks. And we made it in this test dry curing cabinet that we've been bringing in, seeing if uh, if we feel like we can carry them, sell them. Um, and I was nervous, to be honest. The only other time I've made a dry cured product, Dylan basically held my hand all the way through it. <laughs> and that was like five years ago, which, by the way, we still have some of those sausages in the freezer. Some of those old dry cured sausages. I know because sometimes I'm scared to take something out of there because I'm like, Dylan has a plan for this. He's going to get mad if I take it. But yeah, it's been in there long enough. I think we should just not tell him. I don't think he's probably going to listen to this anyways. I'm fairly sure he knows they're in there. Yeah, but we could just go. We could just take it and eat it. We could do that. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. Uh, Speaking of a plan for this, one of the things that we're going to do is on the next live stream we do, instead of sending out jerky, I'm going to send sticks of this uh, pepperoni. So it's dry cured. So what does that mean? That means instead of thermal processing it like we would with a, a snack stick, a summer sausage, or you know the way we do summer sausage, instead we relied on a starter culture uh, to affect the sausage chemically. We're dropping the pH and we're cultivating good bacteria within the sausage. Uh, the pH is going to keep everything safe. The good bacteria is going to develop great aromas, great flavors, and fight off uh, some things that we're, we're worried about growing in there. Then we lower the water activity in the product by leaving it in the dry curing cabinet for a long time where we can control the temperature and the humidity. Uh, the humidity is a big one. Um, these were done in 3032 uh, natural hog casings. Austin has speared the dry cured pepperoni on a knife and is threatening to just take a huge bite out of it. That, is that not would, how I couldn't do that. Stuff. It would be such a, Oh, such a waste. Yeah. It's, it's, it is 10 times better, like thinly sliced. It is designed to be eaten sliced. Uh, I don't know how thin you need to make it when it's this narrow on the, the larger diameter ones. You do want to slice it thinner. Yeah. On speaking of the larger diameter ones, I will be putting some new stuff into this dry curing cabinet and the other two sizes we got this Friday. I'm going to do two 25-pound batches. Um, they will be chorizo in one, and then the other one I'm going to do land Jaeger. And then I use our starter culture that I use is called TSPX. Um, and then we leave them in there for a couple of days, and we monitor how quickly the pH drops. has something called uh, uh, work hours or log hours, we have to see a certain amount of pH drop within a certain amount of time to make sure that it is going to be safe. Um, then we monitor it, make sure it's not growing mold, anything like that. Um, you can spray on a good mold to some dry cured sausage. Lots of people will do that. Basically, it's a mold that just outcompetes all other molds and doesn't leave anything for it to eat or grow on. And it's a totally harmless mold. Uh, we did not do that on our last. Yeah, we haven't done that. I don't think. Can't remember. Don't know. But all right. Less talk, more eat. So, so while you're cutting, why did you make it such a small diameter? Why not make like a more summer sausage size that shrinks down to like standard pepperoni size? So the size that you do it is obviously going to affect how long it needs to be oh, in so the dry like, curing cabinet. It's a patience, it's a patience thing. thing. Yes. Okay. I'm same. on board with never making large diameters. Yes, because why would you? Um <laughs> 
it is similar to the problem with my prosciutto when I make that is going to be a huge issue. This is just, this is the most delicious thing in the world. You really can't beat it. No. It's so good. And I really like, we did a, a really chunky grind on our fat. I cut off all the fat, not all of, but most of the fat on our pork butts. And then I just ground that super chunky so that I got really nice big pieces. Now, we do need to talk about the smell. I don't even necessarily mean so much with that. I just mean more when we were doing it. Oh. Did you not appreciate no, it? No, I like the smell because I know what it is. But it is a um, like a run a marathon and then leave your shoes on for like four hours in the heat. Then take those oh. shoes off. That is what the smell so is like. I wear... Uh, Yes, you do. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm wearing. I I wear Keens, but like the sandal Keens, they're like closed-toed, open-back type of deal. Um, I just, I wear them openings all over. Yeah, I I love them, but uh, I don't wear socks then. Uh, And let well, I sometimes do. My wife doesn't like it, so so I don't wear socks. (laughs) It's a whole thing. No one likes what I do with this. But but the, the way like my foot is in this, I take these off. It would, the way that my shoe would smell is like almost exactly the way this smells. It's kind of disturbing, yep. but it smells like a dirty foot. But it tastes But it's so amazing. Good. Yeah. I don't understand it. What You don't get that flavor at all when you eat it. No. It has a smell that you're like, I don't think I want to put that in my mouth. But then you, but do, you do, and the flavor is totally different. It's, amazing. it's, yeah, creepy, creepy thing. I could eat this all day long. In fact, I have kind of been. But... Next live stream we do, uh, we will have these in place of our usual sausage. So those will be larger rewards than they normally are. But yeah, the TSPX, super simple to use. Um, I was worried that things were going to go wrong, that I wasn't going to get the right pH drop, um, but everything went pretty much perfectly. So I'm really excited for that Landjager. I think that could be really interesting. It's going to be interesting, yeah. I'm not going to squish it down, though, because I want to just hang it and leave it. Would I it won't. go faster if you squished it, though? Oh, that's a good question. So you might have that to squish it. That is a good it. question. I might have to squish it. Because I'm all... Smart. I'm all... Smart, <laughs> Austin. Yeah. After talking about the large, small, faster, it's just a patient thing, I'm all for smaller diameter on these things. Until hmm. we build up a stock. That's right. Like, and then, yeah. then whatever. But I, I need this in my life fairly consistently right? yeah how much do you think is going to fit in our other two captains the big one should it should fit it should fit over 25 pounds so this it? was a 10 pound batch so we're going to do 10 in there again we're going to do 15 in the medium and we're going to do 25 in the big the big okay. one should definitely be able to fit 25 pounds especially when we're talking about i'm doing uh 42 to 45 millimeter hog this time okay so it's thicker so cool should be easier all right and then the other sausage we have up here with us is from herman worst house and this didn't really give me any indication as to what it would be, but its name is Best in Show. Oh, that's the name. That's the name. When you wrote down the notes, I'm just like, okay, this is the Best in Show. What is what? What are we eating? It's just called Best in Show. It's blue ribbon brought with something. Am I right? Yeah. Is it? I mean, that's cured, right? That's yeah. pink enough. That has to be cured. Yep. So with the cure is going to change the flavor and texture a little bit. 
I mean, it's, yeah, standardish type broth. It's got a lot of flavor, though. Mm -hmm. So it's that's not. I'm saying it's got something. Yeah. It's not like your your Johnsonville that's tame. It's more like Blue Ribbon that's got, got a flavor punch to it. But, yeah, but it's got more zing to it. It has something extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost like maybe they use encapsulated citric acid. I don't know. Mm, it's good though. Mm -hmm. I could eat a lot of that. Definitely has something kind of tangy to it, mm -hmm. but mm. I can see why that would win best in show. That's mm. very pleasing to eat. To be honest, I would rather have that as a fresh broth though, and not cured. Why? The cured just like it change. It adds the cured meat flavor and texture to it, and I feel like it pushes it more towards like the hot dog smoked sausage arena versus the texture of a fresh brat is different oh yeah for sure but I texture doesn't really play into that for me that much really not much you don't mouthfeel doesn't bother you palate appeal does not bother <laughs> me. can't ever say palate appeal without thinking of pop us out so um speaking of encapsulated citric acid there was some Interesting stuff going on on Meatgistics uh, this week with encapsulated citric acid. Yeah, I can't believe I had to answer that for uh -huh, you. <laughs> uh -huh. I we, do all the work chasing everything down. No, 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 no. We both were working on it without telling the other one. Parallel. I don't. Did you get? I did you get the same exact thing back from Flip? Oh, I got it from Stephanie. So I don't know. Oh, the vendor probably wasn't very happy with us. We both. Uh, Stephanie probably asked. Flip probably asked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so what 135 um like a, it's it, well it's complicated because it's not just a temperature right it's, it's like a range and then it's also the moisture and so yeah there there is no just like oh do this it can be multiple or a combo or one thing if it's it can be just moisture if it's long enough it can be just heat if it's long enough it can be a combination of both it's there's yeah but basically, go by your manufacturer's um, recommendations on that. For yeah. ours, because uh, the parting contestant wasn't incorrect. It's just that the encapsulated citric acid that we sell does not have the same uh, coating as what some other people sell. So it's a different thing. To be honest, even the encapsulated citric acid we've sold over the years, I'm almost positive has changed. I need to, I forgot. I was going to look and see what the ingredients were and what the coating was made of um, now, but I know what the coating has been has changed for us. Yeah, because it was grapeseed oil at years. some point. Cottonseed oil. Cottonseed oil, I remember that one. Grape but I remember grapeseed oil. Uh, it's been, yeah, a couple different things, which in theory should change because every different type of oil has a different melting, melting point. and smoke point. But then you think they would do like, okay, this is what this product is supposed to have. Cause this one's actually called something else. Like we call it encapsulated citric acid. Our vendor has a, like a specific name. They for have it. a, yeah, they have a brand name right. for it. But yeah. And a different number for each one. You would think they would go, okay, well we have to, for changing how much, or we're changing what we're using to encapsulate this. We should make it thicker or thinner so that it still melts at the same point. Well, they probably want to do it at different points because I mean, I don't know if this holds true all the time, but I think a lot of times what happens in our industry is a manufacturer will make a product for a specific use case. 
and then it just gets generically sold to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So for example, I know it happens in the casing market. Um, we buy all our collagen casings from Devro. Devro, uh, they cater to the big boys out there. They will have, um, I talked to someone at Devro years ago about this, so I don't know if it, it continues to hold true, but at least it did at one point in time, like 19 millimeter smoke collagen casings. Those are the length they are, and the amount that is in the caddy is a certain set number of of, of the strands because that length fits on a certain stuffing horn, and then the total amount there is what the vacuum stuffer it's running on is total capacity type of deal, and it's the batch size. And so that is the length, the size, the capacity, everything is for one customer that is like the biggest user of it, and then everyone else just has to deal with it. Right. And so I would assume encapsulated citric acid, similar scenario. Somebody, one of the big meat processors out there, one of the big four is probably like, hey, I want this specs to do, and I want this to do this in this order and work like this. Someone makes it, and then it's like, well, we'll just sell this to everybody. Is that why caddies so often change, like how many come in a caddy? Because someone's changing their, one of the big customers is changing their process. Probably. I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, other things we got going on right now. Last night, I launched a new Walton's homepage. Um, the old one we had was very painfully basic. Um, we did that for a bunch of reasons, search engine optimization, Google scores, things like that. Um, but the new one is a lot more interactive. It actually has some more stuff on it. Uh, so it's not just the drop down link at the top. So Go there, check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, we've got a thread on Meatgistics for people to report any issues that anybody might be having on it. Austin is just Ugh. scrolling up and down. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you. I broke it last night taking that out. So two things. As soon as I went live with it, um, I noticed two things right away. One was that packaging was going to casing and casing was going to packaging. And then in fixing that, I made equipment go to packaging as well. Oh, so I was no. angry. Um, and then I saw that. I was like, oh, I know how to fix that. Went into the back end, came back to it, and everything was single stack. Like it went that seasoning things and then packaging equipment, and nothing had images. So I was like, okay, I've broken this. So fun. We're okay. working on fixing that. Now, what he's talking about, by the way, is the fact, fact that the <laughs> word homepage appears at the top all the way to the right. Because that's what I created the page as, homepage. So wouldn't let me do nothing. It, w- it wouldn't be any fun if there wasn't something I could give you grief about. Fair enough. Fair point. Oh, thinking of things to give you grief about. Now, there's also things I need to give you encouragement on. Should we tell people what you are involved in tomorrow, which will have already happened <laughs> yeah, by, the time the, by the time the podcast is out? This will have already happened. But yep. uh, we're doing some sort of sponsorship for like a uh fundraiser thing here in town for like the kansas junior livestock association i think is what it is um and like each group there uh puts forth a person uh for bolarama and so john (laughs) is willingly or unwillingly uh been voluntold now uh (laughs) he's the he's the bull rider for that's right so it is a mechanical bull so i'm not gonna get hurt too badly my whole goal i I want to make, cause it's like round Robin. I want to make it out of the first round. Um, and then we'll see how that goes. If I do well, then I'll want to do better. But my real fear, and Austin <laughs> and I already talked about this, is it's for youth 
I just don't want to be competing. I will not do it if it's a bunch of kids I'm competing <laughs> against. I'll just go, nope. <laughs> I'm out or I'll just jump right off or something. Maybe we missed the memo and right. you're supposed to have a, a youth like attend and be that person. If not, there's going to, we're going to have a 45 year old guy win it. I'm going to win it all. And then I'm going to make so much fun of them and <laughs> yell at them. I thought you were good at this. Oh. It's going to be amazing though. So some, well, I don't know. Will the live stream be next or the next podcast? Next, next podcast. Next podcast. So next podcast, we will have to come back on and tell you about what happened. I will try to get some video. Oh, we're going to get video on it okay. for sure. Um, I'm going to be late to the event, but I should at least be there by the time Bolorama starts. Mom will be there, so we'll get her to okay. videotape it. She's good at that stuff. All right. <laughs> John says, all right, as in, like he's ready to go as after he just eating. pounded like a as whole sausage. <laughs> yep. Can't stop eating. Okay. Uh, in the last... From the 21st to the 20th, uh, the most prolific pro or posters on Meatistics have been Process Head with 107, Denio with 101, Call Doc Today with 97, and me with a lowly 81. You have been a lot more active than I thought. When is this since? From August 21st until now. Oh, so last month. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking like the last week, and I was like, goodness, you yeah, you've been doing a lot. Let's see what the last week is. Why doesn't mine work? Are you on the plugin? You have to go to the plugin. Oh. Yeah, I had them build me a plugin for it. No, yeah, I clicked the, the link from the podcast notes, but now it's here. I don't know. Oh, and okay. It was, it was not there. Did you see it? Like yeah, it was go gone. to the last week. Change your dates. See who the number one poster is. What is Hold on. I have to hijack this podcast for a second because there's a pop quiz about to take place right now. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Get ready, guys. No, no, no. We oh. said we're going to do it differently, separately so we can't answer. No, no, no. You just take them. We'll take it right now, and I'll fast forward the podcast so we can then go over the results together and see who got what. But we have to not be in the same room. It's fine. There are only 10 questions. Just don't copy off each other. Oh, just type down. Oh, we're going to type in their yeah. questions. I, I have paper. Oh, he's pen. got paper. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. What he's talking about is Patrick has devised questions. I had no idea he had done this yet. I just, so when Patrick leaves, sometimes I'm just like, oh, you know, he's not interested in what we're talking about. He's going to go work on something else. But <laughs> not today. <sighs> oh, dude. I need could, a pen. You could have like, you should have got us like Scantron sheets. So, so I feel like we're back in school. Okay. Are We're not of, reading these out. We're these, just, these are single answers. It's not like choose choose whatever is applicable. A, B, C, or D. Okay. A, B, C, or D. Yeah, sorry, my mic was down. I, I already have a I already have a problem. Good. <laughs> it's not meant to be I take issue with this. It's not answer. meant to trick you or anything, but right, yeah, it's but, like it's like, hold on, wait a minute. It's kind of one of those if you were a good test taker, you might be I what if I disagree with Right. No, 100%. that's right. Who can't? Did you come up with these? I asked a very knowledgeable source on uh, on uh, uh, some robot spit out some good <laughs> questions. Well, I figured he had all of the internet at his disposal, but I kept telling him, "Make it harder, make it harder, make it harder." <laughs> and there is a very hard version of this if we need another test, like if something else happens. So, okay, all right. If they don't talk, they're taking a test. There's there's no good answer for this, but I'm going. I, I chose one. I chose okay. one. All right, Patrick, how do you want to do this? We're um, back. I can read them off. Okay, and, and then you guys, you'll tell me how you answered, and I'll just, okay. 
So we'll start with well, uh, Hydra answers for me. We'll start with John. Question one was, what is the purpose of curing in meat processing? Okay. And this is the one that I actually have the second largest problem with because A and B are both correct. So it's, I select I selected B. No, 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 no. Hold no, on. No. Let me let me. So it was uh, A adding flavor, B preserving and flavoring, C grinding meat, D mixing seasoning. So what is the purpose of curing in meat? John said what? Preserving and flavoring. All right, Austin. What did you? Same, preserving and flavoring. Both correct. It is B. It does also add flavor. There's something called a cured meat flavor. There's something called a cured... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Read B again. Of curing in meat processing. No. What 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 does B say? Preserving and flavoring. Oh. The last word? Okay. 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 Thank you. (laughs) Did you just like totally miss that? I guess so. (laughs) See, that's what I was saying. I was like, you're a good test taker, which he said. (laughs) And I got it right. So, you know. Okay, perfect. I just I love it. You're like so upset about it, and the, 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 what you're what what you're arguing is right there. Totally, totally correct. Wait, did you pay any attention to the fact that some of the ones are slightly offset from the other ones? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Oh, I spent a couple seconds trying to figure out like why I was so far no, behind you. So it was like that's me on Microsoft Word. Okay, I just, just didn't know if there was like some sort of. <laughs> no, I'm, he's I'm giving with you. hints. Is there? Yeah, there's like a tell. All right, go ahead. Number two. Number two. Which type of casing is typically used for summer sausages and salamis? A, collagen. B, natural. C, fibrous. D, cellulose. Uh, Austin, what did you put? C, fibrous. John, what did you put? Same. Uh, Yes, both correct. Number three. What is the purpose of protein extraction in meat processing? A, enhancing flavor. B, achieving a smooth texture. C, increasing protein content. D, adding color. So I put B, and I think this is the one Austin had a problem with. I put B, but it does none of these. Both correct with B, achieving the, a smooth texture. He is well, correct. I don't know. I no, guess. no, no. If you have a thick, like chunky grind, and you mix until you get uh, protein extraction, it's still going to be a chunkier finished product. It'll just be bound better together. Yeah. So and I guess it's maybe. I guess the goal is not to achieve a smooth texture you might end up with a little bit smoother texture but that's not the goal i don't know that's so, a good point yeah this is the one that i hate i know i i'm almost sure i got this what'd wrong you put, what'd you put? which all right number four which process involves mixing ground meat with seasonings and other ingredients a stuffing b grating c marinating d forming now i left this in because i just thought it was like what are those words that sounds funny Let's see what it is. John, what did you put? No, no, no. I went first last time. I don't know what grading is. Neither do I. Did you choose grading? No. <laughs> Good. I chose forming. I chose forming too. It is forming. Yes. Look at that. Both got it right. Good guessers. All right. Because forming, I would technically put in the kind of same arena as stuffing. I was kind of thinking like jerky pressing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the only thing is in my mind, I'm like, you're forming. Maybe it's like while you're coming out of the grinder and to like restructured jerky you're forming it and you could be adding seasoning during that what i I would have said marinating like i know it's not actually what it's doing but it's the only one that make like mixing ground meat with seasonings and other ingredients if it if it was whole meat yes i would have said yes but since it was ground i'm like marinating was out very yeah all right i was going through d and b because i didn't know what b meant so i was like (laughs) maybe that's what it is but all right good good guessers again number five what is the main function of a smokehouse oh, in meat processing? You got this one wrong. Uh, let's see. We got A, curing meat, B, cooking and flavoring with smoke, C, 
grinding meat, D, mixing seasonings. Uh, John? I put B, which Austin seems to think it's A. I put B. Oh, okay. It is B. But you should have seen the look on your face while you're trying to figure out what's what's wrong with it. Why did you put A? Yeah. So, okay. I left stuff like that because it's just like, you, you know, what? you second so that, I mean, the last guess yourself. <laughs> That's fine. So much. So number six, which additive is used to prevent the growth of bacteria and enhance the preservation of processed meats? A, sodium bicarbonate. B, sodium. Uh, Erythorbate. Erythorbate. C, sodium nitrate. D, sodium chloride. Uh, Austin. There's an argument to be made for B, C, and D. Yep. He is correct. Now, the most correct answer would be C, but D, if, if, if one of us said D, D, I think would be correct. B, I don't know. It was kind of obvious what they wanted, though. That's so why I chose C. I chose C, sodium nitrite. Both are correct. C, sodium nitrite. We're not going to have any blank spaces on our wheels. I told you I have Uh-oh. it. No, no, no. Next week. If, if <laughs> Do you see what he's doing? He's peeking over at my answers. Oh, well, he can't Put your change. pen down. It's I don't want to see any can't changes. Change it. All right. Well, I have a harder test, so we can save that. We might have to do that eventually. All right. Number seven. What type of equipment is used for emulsifying meat and fat in the production of products like hot dogs? A, stuffer. B, grinder. C, bowl chopper. D, injector. John? Uh, C, bowl chopper. Yeah. Yeah. Bowl chopper. Oh, this is the one that is a total guess. Eight. Which cheese variety is commonly added to Italian sausages like salsicia? Salsicia? How do you say that word? Salsicia? Okay, he doesn't even know what it is. Right. Is this fair? He's testing us. I've barely... Me, the computer's testing you guys, please. (laughs) Would you give me credit for coming up with the the intermediary here. Okay. All right. A, Parmesan. B, mozzarella. C, Paracetano. Ramana. D, Gouda. C was Romano cheese, by the way. I said mozzarella. I said Romano. Wow, you guys finally have... B, 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 B. Sorry, Austin, it's C. Yes! Yes! Plus one, minus See, one. I, I almost chose that, but I'm like, what is, plus one what minus is one? Pecorino? Pecorino Romano. I've been starring. I, Starring's good, too. I, I want to feel like too. I'm in first grade again and get stars. The plus one is the most youngest no. of uh-huh. oh, okay stars we got plus one before you get grades you basically just get stars or no stars wait how i mean could you draw a star before oh, so you we get got one like even in we would get sunny sunny days or cloudy days for like overall but we would get plus ones and minus ones on like everything no one of your generation so soft we got none of that we just did the work and moved on i would say this <laughs> exact opposite we got used to being told we sucked as little kids. All right. Yeah. Bad job. Well, later on, they came out with No Child Left Behind. And so, yeah. Nightmare. Okay. Mm, I watched 9 11 at school. So I don't know which. I think you guys, I got you guys beat. Are you in college <laughs> during that? Uh, in between. So, in between. The in between years. Uh, the year in between my. Um, no, why was I home? <laughs> I was in September. I was out of college by then. Yeah, I must have already left Sienna by then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number nine. What is the primary purpose of adding phosphates in meat processing? A, enhancing flavor. B, improving texture and moisture retention. C, preserving color. D, increasing protein content. Austin has already starred both of his. He's so <laughs> sure. Uh, it's B, improving texture and moisture retention. Yes, it is. Correct. All right. Number 10. What is the function of a vacuum tumbler in meat processing? 
A, removing air from casings. B, marinating and massaging meat. C, grinding meat. D, stuffing sausages. Austin? B, marinating and massaging. John? I agree. So... I want 90 percent. I want an extra credit question on that. <laughs> yeah. You write needs improvement. I still got an A. I wrote 100 percent and great job. So that's the bit. Yeah, 90. That's too bad. No, I only have one blank spot. So uh, I don't. <laughs> one blank spot per wheel. <clears throat> All right, next week, tune in. It'll be an even harder test, and then that'll decide the amount of blank spaces. <laughs> okay. I think that was the the last thing. Uh, no, we actually do have one other thing to talk about that's not really meat matters. Um, Craig Mail, he's uh, occupational and adult education leadership professional development manager. Uh, he does stuff down in Oklahoma. Uh, he is putting together a program to teach both young adults and even high school kids about how to get into the meat processing industry. He's reached out to us in the past for just some information and for some media that they can use in their teaching materials. So he is doing that again. Uh, it looks like they're actually moving forward with it a little bit. So it's going to be a little bit more beefed up of a, a information. <laughs> Austin just took the skin that I peeled off the dry cured pepperoni, smelled it and then rolled his eyes. So I think he's got a problem. Um, but it's an awesome thing. Uh, if anyone is interested in it, um, look up uh, Resource Center for Career Tech Advancement and look up uh, Craig Mail. It's a really cool thing. So, okay. Uh, one other thing quick before we go. Um, I ran the ozone in here last night to try to get rid of the sausage smell. It actually smelled more like sausage in here this morning than ozone. It smelled more like ozone out in the hallway, but in this room, it just smelled increased sausage. Does ozone have a smell? For sure. Very identifiable, too. So, yeah. Interesting. Weird. All right. Moving on to Meat Matters. We have nothing else we want to talk about, right? Nope. Okay. Let's uh, jump to your story first. First, it's Meatpacking Workers Reject Final Hormel Offer. Um, so this is Meatpacking Workers at the Hormel Facility Plant in Austin voted to reject a final offer from the company it was announced on Friday. This week, our coworkers voted overwhelmingly to reject Hormel's final offer to us. It's simply not good enough. We stand united and are willing to fight for more, for, willing to fight for more for our families and our community. Hormel's record profits are just wages not shared fairly with the rest of us. The reality is that we keep Hormel running. We demand that Hormel does better and comes to the table with a fair agreement agreement quickly. Now, this is from Hormel Foods. We were disappointed in the vote, especially given the significant contract package offered. However, remain optimistic that we will reach an agreement. The parties have agreed to contract extension until October 8 as we continue negotiations. Hormel Foods has a strong working relationship with the UFCW for decades, including Austin, and remain confident that these positive relationships will continue as we finalize these new agreements. It seems like they're not hearing each other. No, it's whenever you hear like labor disputes like that, it's always like one side's posturing against the other. And it's like, oh, I want to know what actually goes on inside like the negotiation room. Like it'd be it'd be very intriguing. But I I saw this story and I'm like, great, just what we need as we continue to ever complain about what goes on in the meat industry and prices on everything and whatnot. Just uh, you have labor disputes and ultimately who loses in a labor dispute? The consumer. Yeah, for the so. most part. Uh, what made me laugh about it, though, is because like 
they're talking about final offer in the the workers' response, but then Hormel never says anything like, "Yep, that was our final offer." They're just like, "No, we'll get something done." So obviously, not their final offer. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also agreed to a extension. extension. Yeah. It's like, well, so we, we said no to long term dating, but we still want to see you occasionally. Yeah. All right. Uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley introduces legisl- legislation to break up meatpacking poultry monopolies. So this is a, a really interesting one that's kind of been on the back burner for a little bit and is starting to, to become more popular. I'm actually going to read most of the article. Uh, Josh Hawley introduced the Strengthening Antitrust Enforcement for Meatpacking Act on Thursday. A release said the goal of the legislation is to empower antitrust enforcers to break up giant meatpacking and poultry monopolies and place power back in the hands of Missouri's farmers and workers. The introduction of the act comes after Tyson Foods announced it will be closing the doors of its poultry plants in southern Missouri, costing the state more than 2,000 jobs. The Strengthening Antitrust Enforcement for Meatpacking Act would... Amend the Packers and Stockyard Act of 1921 to establish specific thresholds for marketing market concentration, allowing federal antitrust authorities to more effectively prohibit or unwind acquisitions that concentrate the meatpacking sector. Deter further meatpacking concentration by disincentivizing entrenched meatpacking interests from buying up more competitors and put more power back in the hands of farmers and workers. Today's meatpacking monopolies are making massive profits while shutting down competition, said Senator Hawley. Congress must give antitrust prosecutors the power to end anti-competitive behavior without lengthy court battles. It's time to hold monopolies accountable and empower farmers. Second article in a row that talks about uh, meatpacking companies making massive profits Mm -hmm. one thing to keep in mind there i didn't know until somewhat recently um the the reason you see some of the swings that you do and like profits on uh, the 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 large people in the meat industry is because it's all contract based so it's like hey they've already predetermined they're buying at this price so they can they can be losing money like to be honest right now i think it's i think that's what's going on right now most big packers are losing money because they contracted at a price that now they can't deal with but they were making record profits so it all <coughs> excuse me it all comes back around you need to look at a a longer span instead of just like what's going on over the past like month what you gain on the swings you lose on the roundabouts yeah i don't remember what book <coughs> that was from but it's always stuck with me um i was going to read the um whole bill here but the link doesn't work it was three pages of absolute gobbledygook, and it was just going to be a peek into how archaic our legal system is. Because it's not even like party A then becomes the whatever to party B. It was just like nonsense words. Did you what? say Cardi B? <laughs> Why can't I did not say Cardi B. You just did, dude. <laughs> there I did. Why can't bills just be written, written in like normal everyday English? Is it so then, hard? Because then the lawyers wouldn't have any anything to do. Same reason why we can't have just a regular tax code, because then what are CPAs going to do? Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right, moving on. Uh, possible e. Coli, e. coli contamination forces recall 58,000 pounds of beef. The products shipped to distributors in Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio include the establishment number 18076 inside the USDA mark of inspection. So far, there have been no confirmed reports of adverse reaction from people eating the meat, the USDA said. So um, basically, 
a processor, Green Bay something or other, um, found in a test after everything had left this that it had some of the Shinga toxins in it. Shinga toxins are one of the things we're really concerned with with E. coli. has the potential to make somebody really sick. But what does E. coli actually do in your body? Um, here are the two big ones. The, the whole thing would be good to read. But um, the most familiar strains of E. coli that make you sick do so by producing a toxin called – oh, Shiga, not Shinga. Sorry. Uh, the toxin damages the lining of your small intestine and causes your diarrhea. The strains of E. coli are also called Shiga toxin-producing E. coli or STEC. The STEC that is most well-known in North America and most often referred to as E. coli 0157-H7 or just E. coli 0157. Uh, there are other types of STEC that are called non-0157 STEC. These strains cause similar illnesses but are less likely to lead to sim or serious complications. Now, how many strains of E. coli cause diarrhea? There is the Shiga toxin producing. There is an enterooxygenic. There is the enterogregative, um, enteroinvasive, enteropathogenic, and diffusely adherent. All of those can make you very sick. Um, when we talk about things that we're concerned about in the food processing world, salmonella comes up a lot, but salmonella is not generally something that's going to get somebody very sick. Uh, at one of my meat processing class short courses I took, the professor said, you could probably take a couple hundred cells of salmonella into your body. And if you're a healthy young person, you won't even notice it. If you took a couple hundred cells of uh, a sugar producing E. coli into your system, you're going to the hospital. So it, this is serious. If you do happen to have any of those ground beef products, you need to dispose of them, get a refund, do whatever. Um, but E. coli is not one to mess around with. That's why we never eat sprouts on our sandwiches. Also, like vegetables if, at all. If you cook your food to ah, a proper temperature. But that's not true. With E. coli? If it has already created its toxins, it is heat resistant to over 200 degrees. No. Yeah. Wait. Can you spell diarrhea? D-I-A-R-H-E-A. -E Dude, I still Missed an R. Ah, is it two R's? Two R's. That's nah, close. Okay, sorry. That's close. So you were you reading that or you just know that? I just know. I just no, know. it was on the screen. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would have got that wrong. Are you looking up whether I'm correct on the toxins? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I will here. Okay. I only said over 200 degrees. So when it comes out to be like 400 degrees, I was still right by saying over 200 degrees. And very few of us are cooking our meats above 200 Just degrees. Just like sodium. So you have to look at like the toxins. No, we're going to move on. I don't know. We're going to have to move, we're gonna move on. on. Wyoming Ranch produces premium Wagyu beef that scores in the top 1% of the planet. And this is from uh, your Wyoming news source, the Cowboy State Daily. Now, when I was growing up, the best beer and the best sausage was all made over in Europe. Somewhere in the late 90s, early 2000s, that started to change. We started making better beer here than they made there. Same thing with sausage probably over the last 15 years. We are now taking Wagyu over from Japan, other areas where it's been previously. We are now 
the best producers of that is how I read this. Now I reached out to, uh, the, the, um, the ranch that is raising this beef is called, um, Hawks Hill Ranch. And I reached out to Tanya because we've talked about getting somebody on the podcast before who has, you know, raises a good amount of Wagyu and can talk about what the differences are, what the difficulties are, why, why is the meat so much more valuable? And she was, she responded immediately. She was very, very nice. Um, she said, thank you so much for giving, uh, Hawks Hill Ranch Wagyu a spot on your podcast. That's really neat. We're grateful for the opportunity. We strive to raise hundred percent full blooded Wagyu in clean and stress-free environments that produce a highly marbled end product. We do this by carefully selecting genetics, never crossbred, meticulously caring for the Wagyu and being extremely specific about their nutrition and our program. We never combine the steers to a feedlot. We pasture raise and grain finish. Our grain formula or grain is formulated by a Wagyu nutritionist specifically for Hawksbill Ranch. That's got to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, make me ones or make me feed that's specifically good for mine. Um, allowing them to move around the ranch and be clean, happy, and stress-free animals. This has worked out in our favor and has produced the best tasting, highly marbled Wagyu available. So she also then, we emailed back and forth a few times. Um, She's very open to answering any questions that anybody has on Wagyu, Wagyu raising, what goes into the farm. So post that in the podcast that Patrick will, or the podcast post that Patrick will do. I will send those to her and we'll get her to answer them and maybe have her at some point on uh, the podcast. Very cool. But very nice person. Um, seems like a great company. I'm very, very happy for him. And that's one of those cool things like, I don't know how many people we're going to get to read who listen to this podcast would read the Cowboy State Daily article on this, but it's a cool way to get some exposure for uh, what seems like a really good company. Okay, moving on. Uh, this is food sa- from Food Safety News. It's talking about what are the challenges with hybrid meat for safety questions. So for those of you who don't know what hybrid meat is, um, all of this stuff coming out about like culture-based meat, yes, some of it's to market. Are you saying hybrid or hybrid? Hybrid. Okay. I'll Sorry. just make sure. I was like, that sounds like something I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah hybrid. hybrid. Okay. Um, so... Culture meat, for it to grow to the point where it'd be a significant portion of the market, that easily could be 100 years. So what companies are looking at doing is creating something called hybrid meat, which would be partly culture-based and partly plant-based that would speed up the uh, market penetration by making it cheaper. I would argue it's clearly also going to degrade the finished product, meaning it's not worth it. But um, this article is goes into the depth about a bunch of things. I left out <clears throat> the part that was pushing for this because whatever, I obviously have an opinion and I want to talk about my opinion, not the opposite of my opinion. But it says, on the other side of the fence, when considering if lab-grown meat is safe, an in-depth analysis for the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations and a World Health Organization expert panel pointed to 53 potential hazards. We're not going to go over all of those. As commercial cell-based food production grows, there is an increasing urgency to answer one of consumers' most important questions. Is this safe to eat? For this reason, the FAO, in collaboration with the World Health Organization, has produced a publication called Food Safety Aspects of Cell-Based Foods. 
The 134-page document, based on extensive scientific literature, aims to share the current state of knowledge with relevant stakeholders and inform consumers about the food safety aspects of cell-based foods. The results, according to the report, show problems and negative health consequences can include contamination with heavy metals, microplastics, and nanoplastics, allergens such as additives to improve the taste and texture of these products, chemical containments, toxic components, antibiotics, and... Prions. What are prions? Prions is what gave us mad cow disease. So I would say that's a, a pretty good reason to avoid it. Um, they also say, uh, then too, a 2019 Oxford study shows that production in very energy intensive bioreactors could be worse long-term environmental consequences than livestock farming when looking at CO2 emissions. So stay away from cell-based meat. It's going to give you mad cow disease and it's worse for the environment <laughs> yeah that's what i took away from that maybe so definitely my my what was running through my head in some of this is i've never thought of before is on cell culture cult, cultured meat that stuff like could you avoid like all the connective tissue so could you have a more tender piece of meat because you avoid all that the the little the little piece of gristle that uh that you get from a steak that you didn't buy the most high-end steak but probably uh, you're like, I still got steak, but then you get a piece of gristle and you're like, ah, most of the, um, Casey strips have that one like kind of tendon running down the middle. I don't mind that. I just cut right around it as part of eating meat. Yeah. I, I really just don't like it. Cause I feel not just one of the reasons I really don't like it is I already feel like we're too disconnected from our food. Like, the vast majority of Americans have never eaten anything they've killed. That's a problem. Like that, this is the first time in human history that that has happened. All throughout past, even when you were talking about people who lived in cities in the 1800s, they would still go out, collect, get some of their food. Now everyone's so divorced from the reality of what it takes to survive. Like I wanna live, this animal has to die, for me to be able to live. That is something that I'm morally willing to do. Yeah. Everyone now is just like, oh, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. Like mm -hmm. I've told the story before, but there are, I've, I've talked to people who think that food comes from the store. Like they think that's where it originates. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It yeah. is really bad. Okay. And then now we've got just a bunch of kind of crazy stories um, to end the podcast with. First one is a district court in southern Sumatra has sentenced a woman to two years in prison and handed her a heavy fine after she recited an Islamic prayer before eating pork on a viral TikTok <laughs> video widely criticized in Indonesia. Wow. Two years. So pork is obviously not approved. Forbidden. For <laughs> and so she said a whole a, a Islamic prayer and then ate some pork and they did not like that. And she's in jail for two years. That's so crazy. Be happy that you have freedom of speech and freedom of religion within America because that is beyond dystopian. Yeah, that's nuts. Absolutely terrible. Okay. Um, I have this one. Oh, called man news because this is like one of the manliest things I've ever heard. So this is from Fox News and it's Montana Navy veteran has jaw torn off his face in horrifying grizzly attack. So this guy's uh, somebody Norlander. He attempted to shoot the larger bear, but his weapon misfired. He did not have time to retrieve his bear spray from his backpack. So he had to use his fists 
to fend off the massive beast. The bear lunged and Norlander threw a punch in an attempt to slow it down. <laughs> God, I love I don't that. don't think that'll work. But it was no use. The animal got on top of him. The grizzly left a large scratch down his right chest, bit his arms, legs, and to top it all off, gave him as what Rudy describes as the most disgusting French kiss of his life <laughs> before biting down and tearing off his lower jaw. So basically, this guy runs an outfitting company out in Montana, or I don't even know if he runs. I think he runs it. He had two guys on there on his property hunting that he was allowing to do it. They shot a deer. He heard that they couldn't find it. So he went out to help them track it. He wasn't with them. He was tracking a deer, but it wasn't that deer. It was a deer that I guess grizzlies had attacked. So he sees a grizzly over the thing or over the kill, goes to pull his gun and back up. A much larger 10-foot grizzly comes out of nowhere and is on him before he can fire. This is – I'm obviously, this guy knew what he was doing. He owns or manages a hunting uh, – pres preserve is the wrong word, but a hunting lodge. He knows what he's doing. It is a good idea to check your weapons before you go out in the field if you are worried about grizzly bears, mountain lions, badgers, really anything. If you're afraid of deer, you should check your rifle before you go out to make sure that it all works because that is absolutely horrifying. I don't know how he would possibly recover from that, but I pray he does. It said he's in stable condition. Oh, yeah. I mean, you he's going to live, but is he going to live without his lower jaw for the rest of his life? Oh, yeah. You're going to be on a liquid diet. Oh. No, I bet I bet they could reconstruct a new one. It's, it's not going to look or function quite the same, but I, right. bet, I bet that, yeah, I bet, I bet doctors can do some sort of reconstructed if surgery. they do bring it back even to like a modicum of what it looked like maybe worth it best story of all time what happened to your face a bear bit my jaw off and ripped no, it off as i was punching it he won't be able to talk again though yeah, yeah, yeah man. write it down i, I, I don't know it's still awesome point and do charades <laughs> <laughs> i'm not laughing at him it's a terrible thing but he didn't. It says it, he didn't pass out through any of it. Oh God! Through fear, pain, a real blood story. loss. I just came nothing. in. By oh no, no! no. <laughs> this guy got attacked by a bear and it ripped his oh, jaw gosh, off. Terrible. The best part of the story, though, is that that, <laughs> he's, that he, he lived. punched it and it didn't slow it down. Like, yeah, <laughs> did you think you were going to slow down a ten foot grizzly like, with listen, a punch? I, you know, this. I, I don't know what you do there. Oh, like people always talk about fight or flight. I was talking about this with somebody a couple nights ago. Um, it's not just fight or flight. It's fight fight or flight or freeze mm -hmm. and i'm worried i'd freeze there like you see a 10 foot grizzly coming at you oh i, I think i think that'd be the best thing to do is fetal position and find a happy place you go to fetal position if you're uh if it's a mom with her cubs if it's a male grizzly that attacks you fight all the way because it is intending you, to eat you. you are not going to win uh, i don't know have you ever difference. seen the huge knife that i carry around all the place I'd that is yelling, specifically no. to stab a grizzly if it's yelling do you have babies in, i don't want to do this in, if wichita, you have kansas. Babies. <laughs> in wichita kansas i'm making sure that there are no grizzlies oh. coming to get me hold on ma'am do you have cubs with you i mean sir <laughs> i need to see you assumed it's gender i did i did uh, so that's I, why it's mad this one is completely not related to food processing, but it's my favorite headline of all time. What? Yep. Read what it out. Florida woman reportedly poured Mountain Dew on herself to remove DNA. <laughs> DNA? Yeah. Jeez. 
to remove DNA evidence is the first thing. If I ever get caught, I'm just going to pour that Mountain Dew all over me. Nah, yeah, people think that's why it's legal. A lot of people don't know that, but you can actually get ready. No, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, So she's facing charges for first degree murder. The fact that you can't stop laughing. (laughs) So she just poured Mountain Dew all over herself thinking he would get rid of all the evidence. It's amazing. Absolutely wow. amazing. She, did she just fail to set it on fire? Or like, what was right. <laughs> that was the second. They call it Mountain Dew, like from the mountains. It was originally for mixing with whiskey. I my understanding. That sounds pretty yeah. good. Um, but people still do it, I guess. She forgot to light it on fire, though. All right. Did uh, she yell, do the do? Do the do. Two shark stories. Uh, first one is a person got their arm ripped off in Israel. Uh, that is a fake shark, by the way. That bothered me. That's not real. That Just is like CGI. Yeah, CGI generated. Huh. I do not like that they're using that. It's a scary looking shark. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't like it. You guys looking at Ocarina of Time? Uh-huh. There is no information about this person's arm getting ripped off. It is only in the headline. What? Yeah, there's like there's literally there's no. What's it? They're being like super secretive about what happened with the person. It's about a shark. There's a shark ripped off a person's arm. All right. And then a dramatic video shows a massive shark rescued after becoming stranded on Florida beach. This is a, what's known as a Mako shark. A Mako is a cousin of a great white. It's smaller and has more like pointy teeth. So a great white's teeth are like big triangles and they're serrated because that's good at like cutting meat and blubber. Makos eat more fish. So it's better at like, pinning products did you say it's like a fish. cousin i thought of like scooby-doo and like his cousin and scrappy. So like so i, I so I that's actually a good analogy well, i instantly thought of like a cartoon dude. shark going no that's my that's my cousin mako over there and it cuts to him and it's just a difference so like it helps me keep track of information if it's a cartoon in my head i think yeah you're tying it to what you remember i guess uh the giant shark can grow up to 12 feet and weigh 1200 pounds attacks while rare are very powerful Mako has the second most substantial bite in the world with 3,000 pounds of bite force. Only crocodiles have stronger bites. Look at that thing freaking mm-hmm. out. Why are people jacking Why are they it? helping it? If that shark eats somebody, those people need to go to jail. Yeah. I, I watched this on TikTok and I, I yeah. You choose violence one is all over the place and I like it. Oh, you'd seen that before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang it. Take a day off from being the bigger man. Wake up and choose violence. Not for you. Not for you. It's definitely for me. That part was the the kicker. Oh, I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah. You got to watch the whole video. No. Because that's why why I sent it to you. Because it's like specifically calling out like, oh, no, 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 no. Not you. Oh, no, no. It's definitely for me. not for you. It's definitely for me. I feel like that is speaking directly to my soul. But they're just letting the shark go to go eat more people. Poor plan. Poor plan playing it all right that's it you got anything nope we'll see you guys next week thanks for checking out the meat logistics podcast to shop everything but the meat head on over to waltons.com to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike head on over to our online community at meatgistics.com waltons everything but the meat